Welcome to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. All right. I'll tell you what, every single time I try to run away from the Sound of Freedom stuff, it just keeps pulling me back in. And there's more and more information that keeps coming out here, so I'm going to get to that right quick here at the top. Again, don't want to spend a ton of time on it because I have other things to get to, but the uh, the last episode really took it out of me. Again, probably two hours long, making a lot of connections, of course, regarding uh, child trafficking and how schools themselves are directly related to child trafficking and engaging in it without their knowledge or with their knowledge, whatever it may be, but certainly the organizations themselves that are getting paid a great deal of money are directly involved. Either way, here's what I'm going to do. There's a 15-minute video that I'm going to link in the description below of this where a researcher goes through the money connections and the people exchanging money and their names and titles and how it all ties back to the Sound of Freedom stuff. And they also play some of the audio that I played at the beginning of the last episode, specifically, again, regarding Tim Ballard talking about the Carlos Slim family and how they helped fund it along with uh, 20th Century Fox and a bunch of other people. So um, I'm going to link that in the description below. It's on Rumble. I will also put it at the end of the war video that will probably be out. It will, it'll be the most recent war video that exists on my Rumble and BitChute channel, so you can check it out at the end of that. But I'll tell you what, I mean, you got pictures right here that I'm looking at of uh, Tim Ballard wearing a Freemason necktie. He's wearing a, a necktie with the Masonic symbols all over the entire necktie of the compass and square. This entire thing is dirty. The whole thing is dirty. And uh, I'll tell you something else about all of the AMC air conditioning units going out and that entire story. You'd better believe that that's coordinated. And it's coordinated by the very people who are laughing at everybody for spending money on the movie and, and going and seeing it and making all these reaction videos just to get clicks and get likes and get attention and all of that. The AC units going out is on purpose. And it's on purpose, again, to generate that conversation as if to say, oh, look, they're trying to keep you from not seeing it. They're trying to make this uncomfortable. It's, it's the simple Hegelian dialect all over again. It's the same thing. Problem, action, reaction, solution. The whole, the whole thing is coordinated. They know exactly what they're doing, and it's working. It's just flat out working. It's pushing people around. They, they, they bid on this. They just bid on it. And yeah, I know I went and saw the movie myself. I didn't pay for it, but I went and saw the movie myself. My aunt paid for it. Thank you again, by the way. But either way, it was all of the periphery, as I mentioned in the last couple of episodes. It was all of the things going around the movie that I think I had to see that were really bizarre. Uh, again, the propaganda, the, the movie trailers. Um, Angel Studios being called Angel Studios and then coming out as if they are this holier-than-thou, wholesome movie movie company based out of Utah. Sorry, the whole thing is shady to me. It's just remarkably shady, and uh, th there's not going to be any convincing me otherwise because the real Anons know what's going on. The real anonymous researchers and individuals who are looking into this, and there are many of us, and we're not even anonymous, 
but we're looking into this and seeing this objectively for what it is. And it is just more psychological manipulation. It's just more psychological operations taking place against us. And as you've heard me say, how many movies have been made about child trafficking and having sex with kids and organ harvesting and all of that? I mean, cartoons mock it, for God's sakes. Cartoons, even recent cartoons. And so this isn't a new thing. But people have got to just stop going to the movie theater. I don't care how good the movie may be. I don't care, again, if Mel Gibson and Jim Caviezel make a a resurrection movie about Jesus Christ. How about we just not go see it? How about we just let it be? and stop feeding the machine, because again, that's really where the money is going. It's not going to your everyday family who needs it, and it's not going to the people who can really benefit from it. It's going to criminals. That's who the money is going to. So, yeah. Got a lot of stuff, too, about Freemasons in a little bit also, which I want to go over. But uh, again, if a person was interested in seeing Sound of Freedom, ladies and gentlemen, it's free. As it turns out, it's on BitChute right now, and it's completely free. You can just get on BitChute, type it into the search bar. Uh, it'll pop up. You can watch the whole thing. Two hours long. There you go. But again, it's a psychological operation. This is not a new subject, and a lot of people are making a whole lot of money pushing, uh, pushing this entire narrative. And yeah, I think it's disgusting because again... As you heard in the the audio from the beginning of the last episode, real child trafficking is happening right in front of our faces. It happens in American schools. There are children being trafficked and actively being kidnapped in stores and hair salons and a number of other places in the towns and cities where we live. This is not some international, you know, America to uh, a South American country back and forth kind of thing. It's happening right here among American children on a constant basis. So just keep that in mind. That's all. All right. A couple of things here. I know a lot of people have commented on these uh, few geopolitical things, and I want to make mention of it rather quickly. This seems coordinated too, certainly either for the purpose of waking people up Um, That would be my guess, but this is from leadingreport.com, and it's titled, Biden's DOJ removes international sex trafficking of minors as an area of concern. Just very quickly here uh, in the body of the article, the Department of Justice, led by Democrat President Joe Biden, so they say, has taken child sex trafficking off of its list of offenses that it regards as areas of concern. The DOJ removed information from their webpage on child sex trafficking in late May. It says the section has been added by President Donald Trump's administration and highlighted the cracking down on the international sex trafficking of minors was a top priority for U.S. government. Uh, It goes on and on and on, and of course, yeah. They also did away with, let's see, International sex trafficking of minors, domestic sex trafficking of minors, and child victims of prostitution. So, why would they do that? I mean, any PR person would tell you that taking that off of of their website would be a colossal mistake. That just at face value, it it would look terrible 
for that administration and certainly the people working within and around said administration. So why would they actually do it? It has to be a white hat play, without a doubt, in my opinion. Uh, that, that, that seems to be the case. Again, it would be a PR nightmare for anybody else in a normal situation. But as we know, this is not a normal situation. So there you go. wanted to just briefly mention that again because I know that's been making the rounds. Here's another one. California's assembly blocks anti-human trafficking bill. This, I think, is far more real. This is from TrendingPoliticsNews.com. It says, in a shock, on Tuesday, the Assembly Public Safety Committee has blocked Senate Bill 14, a measure that sought to categorize human trafficking of minors as a serious felony in California. The bill, which had previously cleared the Senate with bipartisan support, was met with strong opposition in the Assembly, leading to its unfortunate demise. The bill's rejection was met with an outcry from from the public with cries of horrible, quote-unquote, echoing through the chamber as victims sobbed at the dais. The emotional scene underscored the gravity of the issue at hand and the disappointment felt by many at the bill's failure to pass. And as you can expect, I think one of the senators there is uh, Scott Weiner, if I'm saying that correctly. He, of course, is a pedophile. He's a, he's a gay man and uh, is, is on the California Senate and there you go. So he's receiving hugs in the picture and all that other disgusting stuff. So the pedophiles are rejoicing in California, as it turns out, because it's not viewed as being a crime. Okay, moving on here. This will stretch us right into the education topics that I've got lined up, and this is disturbing. I want to bring this to your attention, and if I have Georgia listeners uh, to the show here, which I'm, I'm certain I do, Get a load of this. Talk about Freemasonry also, because this is run by the Masons. This website is gachip.org. So gachip.org, Georgia Child Identification Program. I'm going to play the YouTube video that is associated with this, and then I'm going to bounce in at the end and basically bring up a few more details regarding this. This is beyond disgusting. This is absolutely beyond disgusting. And you want to, again, you want to talk about child trafficking, ladies and gentlemen, you you need not look any further than the Masons. They are everywhere. They are the ones doing it. They are involved, certainly the higher levels. And if they can get the lower levels to do things like this under the guise of it being some sort of security, or don't worry, your child will never go missing kind of thing, think again. Also understand, cops are masons. And they're in on this too. Police officers throughout the United States traffic children also. So give this description a listen very quickly. When a child goes missing, the Amber Alert system can make a huge difference in a terrifying situation. The Georgia Masons provide the Georgia CHIP program free of charge as a public service and as a gift to the citizens of our state. Ross Laver explains. The GA CHIP program provides information to a parent that they can use uh, to provide to police in the event that a child or, or, or a person becomes missing. They, in the package that they receive, they get a CD. The CD has photos 
fingerprints, a video interview, which is very important. The photos are forensically correct photos, uh, speaking particularly that everybody's ears are different. So there is a shot of each ear, which is clear and determinable, uh, as well as the demographics of the child, height, weight, age, parent's name, uh, address, and phone number. In addition to that within the kit, there is an appliance. We use a dental appliance. Uh, that contains DNA and scent as well as the child's dental impression. Uh, perhaps most important of those is the scent because with scent, we're hoping to be able to track that child and return them with, with as quickly as possible. We gather the information together, run it into the computer, copy it off on a CD, and then all the data goes right back to the parents to be kept, maintained until hopefully they'll never need it. But if they do need it, uh, it'll all be available for them there in a single package. They can turn the package over to the local law enforcement, and uh, in a matter of minutes, nationwide, their picture will be on the news. Lots of questions here, more statements than anything, because I'm not retarded. How stupid do you have to be to participate in something like this? I'm serious. I mean, how dumb do you have to be to allow all of your child's personal information, right down to their DNA, to be given to a third party or a second-hand party, and then be distributed throughout a database that's kept by Freemasons within an entire state to then be disseminated to law enforcement if your child goes missing. Are parents in Georgia randomly losing their children this frequently? So frequently that they just turn around and, oops, Timmy and Sally are just gone. Abracadabra, they just disappeared. Are they gone so frequently and are parents missing them so frequently that something like this has to exist? I I cannot believe that anybody would participate in this. I can't believe it. This is a new level of stupid. Here's what their website says, which, by the way, I've been building websites for a long time. I want to say 2016, 2000, uh, I'm sorry, 2006, rather. 2006 was probably the first time I built a web page. I cannot... I mean, it, lo- it looks like a first grader built this website. It's really poorly put together. Um, here's what it says on the very front page. It says, Georgia Child Identification Program. It says, no cost to parents or guardians. Ooh, good for, good for them. It says, a gift from the Freemasons of Georgia. What a gift. It says, Georgia Masons provide the GA chip program free of charge as a public service and as our gift to the citizens of our state. The Georgia Child Identification Program, GA chip, is a comprehensive identification kit to be offered to parents in the state of Georgia. At a GA chip event, Masons set up the equipment necessary to generate completed identification kits. Each person progresses through several stations, taking about 10 to 15 minutes for the entire process. The recorded information is presented to the child's parent or guardian to take home for safekeeping. There is no age limit. And then it says download the brochure. And here's the brochure. 
It is long. Uh, well, it's two pages long. Of course, it's got the Mason title all over it. DNA sample, canine sense. Uh, let's see the whole identification program steps. Uh, no charge to parents. If your child is missing, act immediately. Um, it, it, this this whole thing is terrible. It's absolutely terrible. What's even worse is on the website itself, it has the different tabs at the top. It says home, about us, sponsors, event calendar, event request, district contact information, and then the old contact us section. On the event calendar, their next event in Georgia is going to be in Columbus, Georgia on July 26th of 2023, this year, between noon and 5 p.m. And it's going to take place, or at least the event is being called the Disability Awareness Event. And the organization is titled Families Future Empowerment Coalition. So they're doing this even for disabled children. They're doing this for anyone. This is located at Cooper Creek Park, 5089 Cooper Creek Road, zip code 31907. I'm telling you what, if you want a table to flip over, it needs to be this one. This is absolutely nuts. Again, why anybody would participate in such a thing is absolutely beyond me. Full-color digital photographs, multiple positions of the child, a complete set of digital fingerprints, DNA and scent, information about the child, distinguishing features such as hair, eye color, scars, etc. The disc will also contain contact information for parents or guardians. Ladies and gentlemen, they're not going to return a missing child. They're Freemasons. <laughs> they're in the business of child trafficking. This is what they do. Again, I don't know who would fall for this. The gullible. It's, it, it, I mean, it's that simple. It's just the gullible. But it's beyond disgusting. So I wanted to make you aware of that. There's no way that just one state Masonic organization is doing this. This has to be something that uh, is run by numerous other individuals. And keep an eye out for things like that. And for the love of God, don't participate. I mean, that goes without saying, but they're data mining your, your, your child's information here. And they're keeping it for their own, for their own resources and, and for the individuals that they affiliate with. Freemasons are responsible for child trafficking. If we do not destroy these secret societies that exist around the world, like Freemasonry, then we are, not, we are not winning, and we are not going to wake up until we continue to expose these people for what they do, who they are, and what they're actually tied to. So there you go. Okay, shifting gears here slightly, I want to revisit this because oddly enough, this this was on the Gateway Pundit uh, just the other day, and this is worth bringing up because I've brought up this particular organization numerous times now on the show, the old American Library Association. They're back in the news. And this is actually for a good reason, because this right here is exactly what needs to happen. And it needs to happen among all K-12 school districts across the nation and every single college and university as well. 
This is titled Montana State Library Withdraws from American Library Association. Quote, the Constitution forbids association with an organization led by a Marxist. Yes. This is excellent. Again, you've heard me go over the entire president of the American Library Association. She's a Ukraine-loving lesbian. She's a psychopath. There's no way around that. They, of course, are giving copious amounts of money to Ukraine, or so they say. And as I mentioned in the last episode, very little of it is actually going to do anything for anyone. Again, the American Library Association claims that they're giving tens of thousands of dollars to Ukraine. And where's that money going? Well, they claim that $1,500 is going to this library and another $1,500 is going to that library. That's enough to pay the, uh, the electric bill for the month. That's not going to do anything. But at the very least, in Montana anyway, a, the, their state library association has basically said uh, no more. We don't, we don't want any part of this. And that's excellent. So it says, quote, during the meeting, Commissioner Tom Burnett requested a letter be sent to the ALA clarifying that, quote, our oath of office and resulting duty to the Constitution forbids association with an organization led by a Marxist. It says, before the vote, members of the community shared their concerns, including Bozeman parent Cheryl Tuscan. And this is from the Montana Free Press, where they said, quote, I think this is a really good move to send a really clear signal to our national organizations that we are not in agreement with the direction they are taking these organizations, Tuscan said, liking the motion to the Montana State, I'm sorry, Montana School Boards Association decision last year to withdraw from the National School Board Association. That decision was fueled by the NSBA's request for federal assistance in addressing widespread threats against teachers and school board members over COVID-19 mask mandates and other issues, threats the NSBA likened to domestic terrorism. Yes. And it goes on and on and on. Um, They have the entire meeting on YouTube, if an individual were interested in checking that out. But you get the point. The point here is that American K-12 school districts specifically now, and university settings, and of course these other associations that exist within the state, they need to look outside of their state and simply ask themselves one question. Who are we associating with? Get that entire list of people they're associating with, and it doesn't matter how they lean politically. Doesn't matter if they're on the right, doesn't matter if they're on the left, so to speak. Wherever they, wherever they sit on that political landscape, they need to withdraw from all of them because these institutions and these associations within these individual states in the United States need to act independently. That's the whole point. Your local K-12 school district should not be associated with any school board association. They should not be associated with a superintendent's association. They should not be linked up with uh, any teacher union or organization if they don't by law have to be. They can immediately disassociate. But why do they do it? They do it for money. They do it because they want to receive a couple of checks or a couple of donations under the table under the name of someone who is anonymous, typically speaking, or 
the money from these nefarious uh, associations, rather, will be filtered through a local individual. And then the school board will say, well, we got this donation from this local organization or this local individual, when in fact, that's not true. Those individuals didn't actually donate any money. It was one of these outside larger associations that donated the money to the individual, and then the individual just laundered it right to the school district itself. This happens all of the time. It happens constantly. But if you don't have the right people in charge who abolish their association with all of these other associations, then you're not making any headway. And again, as you've heard me say a million times, I'll say it again, the fastest way to disassociate, of course, is to make these school districts bankrupt. You can't be associated with, the, with any library association or any uh, national teachers union if, if the entire district doesn't exist. It's the fastest way to pull the bottom card out of the house of cards and watch the whole thing crumble. Again, a lot of people are chopping at the top of, of that house of cards, taking off one card at a time. Same thing with, you know, metaphorically a Jenga tower. They're removing the bricks from the top when all they really have to do is remove the bricks from the bottom and then the game is over. So they're taking their sweet time with this. This is a good move. I'm glad they're doing it. But, you know, it, it is a smaller move in a game where a bigger move could be played at a faster rate that would cause the whole thing to crumble to the ground. There's also this, and I want to spend a little time on this one. Sicily in New Mexico sent me this. Of course, she's a former school teacher as well and, uh, and is a homeschooling parent now. And New Mexico, as you might expect, has gone about as far left as you could possibly imagine, so much so that here on this website, which is nmhrcc.org, which is the New Mexico House Republican Campaign Committee, they have drafted their own version of a parental notification form for parents to hand school officials within schools because it says in 2023, the New Mexico legislature passed a series of bills that sever parental notification regarding several controversial topics. It says the New Mexico House Republican Caucus strongly supports parental rights and has worked on drafting this form letter for parents to submit to their children's schools. So again, it's not that the schools have to comply with such a form, and, and with this form, but uh, at the very least, it gives the illusion to the parents that they have a say as to what the school can do. But unfortunately, most schools, including New Mexico's, are moving in the direction where they want government to have the whole say, not the parent and certainly not the child. It says, please click the download button below to review the introductory letter and form. Fill out the form and submit to your child's school. Please share this information with your family and friends. Parental notification is key to the, ex to the success of so many children in our state. It says parents' guardians are responsible for making educational and health care decisions for their children until they reach the age of majority. A minor child cannot consent to his or her own educational decisions or medical treatment. It is important for parents' guardians to remain engaged and informed with school district staff to ensure their children are receiving the appropriate education and health care. Parent-guardian engagement ensures the highest standard of care. It says carefully read and mark each checkbox 
for which you are requiring notification before your child participates in activities and may be occurring on the school campus. That may be occurring. It says sign the notification form. Make two copies of the signed form. Keep one copy for your personnel records. Email one copy to your child's school administrative office requesting that a copy be placed in their permanent record with the school district. If your parental right to notification is violated, notify us ASAP. Now you've heard me again strategically say this endless times. I'll say it again. If you're playing these kinds of political games and you're a conservative-minded individual, okay, with all of these waivers and these uh, notification forms and, uh, you know, whatever you want to call them, the exemptions, the medical exemptions and the religious exemptions and the tell me what you're teaching my child kind of thing. If you're having to do all of that as a parent and your child is old enough to read and write and teach themselves, you need to disassociate from the school district and pull them out immediately. Again, you know, this really does continue to be the, the larger problem here. That, uh, that, again, I'm glad forms like this are made, but, but all it's really doing is still propping up the actual environment itself and creating a larger battle between the parent and the government-controlled school with the child stuck in the middle on the battlefield. This is not the place for a child. It just isn't. If you're fighting your enemy in an effort to send your child to the enemy, assuming that the enemy is going to give you, the parent, what you want, you're asking for the wrong thing. The enemy isn't going to give you what you want here. So I want to read through this form. It's short. It's, again, it's only two pages long that they've drafted as, again, a, a potential form that, again, if you're a Republican or a quote-unquote conservative and you still are sending your child to uh, a New Mexico school, then they're saying that this is what you need to email the school. There, of course, is no legal obligation, I don't think, although they kind of highlight a couple of laws here that essentially says that the school has to abide by any pseudo-form that the parent uh, creates or that um, these other campaign committees create in order for the school to comply. Either way, here's what it says. It says, Dear Parent, New Mexico, New Mexico law passed during the 2023 session, HB 7 and SB 397 could restrict both parental involvement regarding certain types of medical services and instructional materials provided to minors during the school day, regardless of age. Medical service, I mean, okay, I'm going to stop right there. That right there should prove to you that you have no business sending your children to these pedophiles. They're basically, again, saying, as a legislative body, as far as New Mexico is concerned, we get to teach your child anything we want without your consent. Why would you do that? Why would you, as a parent, send your child into that environment? You wouldn't want these people coming into your house to babysit them. Why would you send them to their house to babysit them? It says medical services include, quote-unquote, gender-affirming care, psychiatric care, and abortion services. It says the following form is designed to help parents and guardians explicitly exercise their right to be fully informed prior to their child 
accessing medical and behavioral health services, including some instructional material. HB7 and SB397 can be found by clicking the links below, and there they both are. It says parents and guardians are responsible for making educational and healthcare decisions for their children until the child reaches the age of majority. I read through all of that already. Uh, it continues here. I read through that part too. All the steps, e make sure an email, a copy, and blah, blah, blah. It says, please note that the current New Mexico law, NMSA 32A-6A-15, provides for a child 14 years of age or older to consent to certain behavioral and family therapy and counseling programs. 32A dash 6A dash 15C also states that, quote, a clinician or other mental health and developmental disabilities professional shall promote the healthy involvement of a child's legal custodians and family members in developing the child's treatment plan, including appropriate treatment for children 14 years of age and older. It says, sincerely, the New Mexico House Republican leadership. And then here is the form that they want uh, the school to fill out. So it is titled, New Mexico Parental Guardian Notification and Consent School Form. It says, I slash we, and then, it, you know, the line where you type in your name or, or write in your name. And then, of course, that of the child. It says, check all that apply. And there are... Let's see, one, two, three, four. There are five checkboxes here. The first one says, require prior notification before my child participates in or is given access to any healthcare services, referral for services, class, lesson, instruction, curriculum, assembly, guest speaker, activity, assignment, library material, online material, club, group, or association concerning transgender ideology, gender-affirming care, or gender identity, unquote. This is the first checkbox, again, that, that the parents can check off to send, ultimately, to the school, as if to tell the school, I want you to tell me every single time that my child is going to be around or subjected to any of that material that I just mentioned and that they mention here. Ladies and gentlemen, time and time again, school districts do not have to do this. In fact, Kim Carter, who I've mentioned in the last episode, who is a nurse and, and was a, was a, is a parent, but uh, was a parent of two children who were currently attending the school district where, where I live. She went through this very fight with them. She sent them templates just like this in Ohio. And simply said to the school district and sent it to everybody. I mean, the treasurer, superintendent, all the board members, the local, um, the actual building administrators, the whole thing. And said, I want you to tell me every single time beforehand when my child is going to be associated or subjected to this kind of material. All this degenerate stuff that, they, that they're pushing and have been for quite some time. They emailed her back, and I think I read those emails on the show, but they emailed her back and said, you're asking us to do too much. We can't possibly contact you every single time that we are instructing a child about a particular topic that you think is controversial. 
You can see what we're teaching. You're, you're, you're free to contact the teacher and, uh, and ask them what they're teaching. But it's not our responsibility as a district to, to, to notify you, basically, every single time that, uh, th- that you believe something bad is happening or that we are supposed to interpret something bad is happening. The point here, too, is that you're putting the district on blast and you're putting them back on their heels and they don't like that. You've caught them. You've caught them red-handed. You know exactly what they're doing. You know how often they do it. And you're providing them paperwork as if to say, I don't want you to do this with my child, so excuse my child. Unfortunately, again, they don't have to comply as a school district. They really don't. If it's in their policies or more specifically, like in this case in New Mexico, it's in their law, they really don't have to tell you. They, of course, should. And what would be even better, of course, is if they didn't even teach it at all. But that's not what they're doing here. So here's the second checkbox that, uh, that they encourage parents to check off and then, of course, hand this form to their school. It says, require prior notification before my child participates in or is given access to any health care services, referral for services, class, lesson, instruction, curriculum assembly, guest speaker, activity, assignment, library material, online material, club, group, or association concerning abortion. Now again, they're specifically honing in on the transgender nonsense, the abortion stuff, the contraception and family planning, primary health care, and mental or psychiatric care. And they have those words all in bold letters with every single checkbox here. This right here should tell you that this is what every single school environment, specifically in New Mexico, but they're not alone, this is going on all over the nation, that this is what they are turning the entire school environment into. There is a divide here. This is one of those, we're all in this together things. Remember that slogan? We're all in this together. This is where this comes into play. This comes into play just with this also. Because this is the massive divide. They're never going back from this. They are not going to go back. This is, this is their nuclear football, so to speak. This is their pedal to the floor, fifth gear. We've taken the emergency brake off. We've cut the brake cord. We are heading down the hill like Thelma and Louise and off the cliff. And we're going to take your child with us. This is the American K-12 plan going forward. They're going to seek to do this in every school across the United States, regardless of state. Now, yes, certain states are going to put up a fight and say, we're not going to do this. Parents have consent and all the parental rights laws and and bills that are being written and passed and so on and so forth, which is fine, except even those individuals are still perpetuating the much larger problem, which is the whole education system and the brainwashing indoctrination system. With this, however, in New Mexico, they are literally advocating for the school system to be the parent to the point of injecting your child without your consent. And you'd better believe that they're going to, which means, let's take it a step further, if they inject your child without your consent, which has already happened for numerous years, they're injecting them with what these days? We know that, again, the nanoparticle technology is going to be in all the shots going forward. 
So these school districts are literally going to be murdering children behind the back of the parent if the parent continues to send their child to these environments, which then begs the question yet again, why would a parent send their child to a New Mexico school even knowing that there's the slight chance that something like that might happen to where your child would be injected with something that will kill them. We're way past learning how to read and write and comprehend, ladies and gentlemen. We are way past learning how to add, subtract, multiply, and divide. We are now full-blown as if the mask-wearing, child abuse, oxygen deprivation thing wasn't enough, you're now full-blown into an American K-12 schools, sending them into an environment that is going to and seeking to maim them and kill them. That's where we are. This is the state of affairs. The next checkbox, as I said, has to do with associating with or anything having to do with abortion. The next one has to do with contraception and other family planning, and then primary health care. Require prior notification before my child participates in or is given access to any health care services, referral for services, or association concerning primary health care. New Mexico schools don't have to do this now. They don't have to tell the parent. They can have a flu shot day at their school any school in New Mexico now without telling the parent in advance. They can do it first period of the day. They can do it at the end of the day. Doesn't matter. And then the last one, require prior notification before my child participates in or is given access to any health care services, referrals, or services or association concerning mental or psychiatric care. If someone in the building believes that the child needs mental or psychiatric care, they can get it for that child without the parent's consent. It then says at the very bottom in bold letters, before the parent is supposed to sign, uh, print their name, and date it, it says, quote, If I am not given prior notification and the opportunity to make an informed decision concerning the well being of my child, I withhold consent. Or the items checked above. So again, they're basically, it's a backdrop at the end. They're basically saying, regardless of whether or not I check these boxes or not, if you don't tell me that this is going on in advance, then consider all of these in effect. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. You're still sending your children to an environment that wants to kill them. Again, even the curricular degeneracy with the LGBT alphabet soup bullshit, all of that seeks to kill them in the short term and long term, because we know that suicide is the, at the end of that long road, don't we? That's the ultimate goal. It's to mutilate the body, create mass confusion, which is the devil himself, and then that leads to the devil getting what they want with the child which is for them to take their own life. New Mexico. But believe me, it's not just New Mexico. This is, this is going on countless places, in countless states. 
So there is that. Wanted to bring that to your attention because, again, here we are. We've got just a few weeks left, unfortunately, before school is back in session, and this is when all of the parental consent forms start going out with children. And blind, deaf, and dumb parents take those forms from their kids on the first day of school. They blindly sign all of them without reading a single word. Here you go, I signed all of them. And they hand them back to their kids, and then they take them back to the school, and then what happens? The government is in control then, because you signed off on it as a parent. Now, it's a bit of a stretch of a, uh, of a request, but on my Substack a couple of years ago, you can go back and look at the article on the American Classroom Substack that was written by Vanessa Hurst. It specifically had to do with Kentucky and Kentucky's um, parental notification forms that come directly from schools and what they say. And that's exactly what they say at the bottom. They basically say that if you sign this or you comply with this, then you're giving us the right to inject your child. Now, is it with COVID or was it with COVID back then? I don't think so. It was most likely for flu shots or hepatitis or, oh, look, I'm looking at your records here. Uh, you know, I'm the school nurse and I can see that Timmy and Sally don't have this. Well, let's go get Timmy and Sally out of math class and then I'll bring them in here and I'll inject them with whatever I see fit. We also know for a fact that endless students were injected with COVID shots during the school day against their parents' consent. This, of course, led to lawsuits. It led to children dying. We have to assume that. This has happened. This has been one of those things that's happened. I just can, it, you know, uh, I mean, the brainwashing, as we know, is remarkably thick, and I'm going to continue to prove it here in just a little bit with uh, a couple of jab-related posts that I have, but Ladies and gentlemen, the American apparatus wants your children dead, and they want you to be the willful, willful participant in allowing that to happen. There's no way around it. Of course they would say they don't want to kill your kid. They're not going to admit to murder. <laughs> They're not going to say, you know what we want to do? We want to kill off our customers. But that right there is how bad the brainwashing is. It's so bad that they believe that they are actually helping children when everything about the environment is quite literally the exact opposite. I'm telling you, it's just going to take more kids dying in school. I never thought that my life would lead to this point where I would actually have to say that, that it's going to take more children dying in school at the hands of the people who make the policy in order for people to wake up and take their children out. It, it blows me away, but if that's what it takes, you know, that's what it takes. I mean, you want to make an omelet, you got to break some eggs. And unfortunately, that's exactly what we're watching here. We're watching egg breaking, and we're watching people make more policies so more eggs can get broken. Uh, there is this then, and this leads me right into the professional development discussion just for a moment. You heard me mention in a previous episode about, again, professional development that is coming up. I've mentioned it numerous times, but I specifically brought up the artificial intelligence software and how any single time that a, that a new piece of technology comes out, nobody clamors for it like a pelican at the end of a dock waiting for the scraps from a fishing boat, quite like the American K-12 school system whether it be public, private, or charter, it does not matter. 
American school teachers and administrators are currently being trained regarding the use of artificial intelligence programs like ChatGPT, BARD, and these other programs which exist. They're using it, of course, as a conversational or curricular back, backstop, so to speak, in order to alleviate an argument with a child or a, you know, a student within their classroom or whatever it may be, and they'll even design curriculum and instruction around the false answers that chat GPT and these other systems create. So I want to read this because this comes from the American Accountability Foundation. At Exposing Biden is their, uh, is their Twitter handle. And I put this on Gab, and this is from the Threadreader app, where they, of course, put all this on Twitter. And it's, uh, it's a nice little comprehensive explanation as to how the left in the country, and you know, even members on the right, frankly, are 100% fine introducing this within numerous outlets. And you have to keep in mind, again, that American K-12 schools are one of the outlets where artificial intelligence is making numerous inroads. So here's what it says. It says, our investigation has revealed a partnership between the world's biggest tech companies to together rig artificial intelligence to be woke. It says the partnership explicitly cites Karl Marx and critical race theory in their plans. Now, I don't like the word woke because that too is manipulative language. It's really satanic. That's really what woke means. And yes, it is Marxist and Jewish and Kazarian Mafia and Bolshevik and, and all of that. It's all of those things all smashed into one. But it continues. It says, many have noticed that AI today has a distinct woke leftist bias. Systems like ChatGPT and BARD have taken clear positions on political and social issues. This is very concerning. As at Elon Musk put it, the danger of training AI to be woke, in other words, lie, is deadly. It then says, however, an investigation by AAFP has, unco has uncovered a serious contributor to this trend. In 2016, Amazon, Google, Facebook, IBM, and Microsoft founded the Partnership on AI, quote-unquote, later joined by Apple, the Ford Foundation, OpenAI, IBM, Adobe, and ACLU, and others. According to the partnership's former chief of staff, at S-J-G-A-D-L-E-R, who now works with OpenAI, which is the maker of ChatGPT, big tech firms, which are usually competitors, formed the partnership because none of them had the political capital, quote-unquote, to get away with doing what they want to do alone. It says, according to the partnership, quote, we need to be sensitive to the possibility that there are hidden assumptions and biases in data and therefore in the systems built from the data. It says, in 2022, the partnership published a Making AI Inclusive white paper. That's what it's quoted as, Making AI Inclusive. There you go. It says, according to the paper, Quote, these principles build upon the work of many thought leaders in the fields of indigenous AI, feminist HCI, crip technoscience, data justice, 
and critical race theory who have for more substantial publications discussing the importance of these dimensions. And there's a link to that. It says, in one workshop on algorithmic fairness, a partnership researcher who now works on AI at Sony, a certain uh, at Alex Zhang, yes, that's right, not American, uh, warned that their techniques could be interpreted from a legal perspective as being forms of affirmative action and recommended ways to get away with it. At another workshop on data colonialism, Professor Nick Coldry stated that, quote, codes operations necessarily reproduce the neo-colonial conditions of their creation. Coldry also told tech firms that AI developers should follow the teachings of Karl Marx. At a workshop titled Towards a Critical Race Methodology for Algorithmic Fairness, Google AI scientist Emily Denton, who appears to have become Remy Denton, they, them, oh, there you go, become a man, uh, and that the AI must, quote, focus on the process of racism instead of accepting facts about different races. And then they, them, also claimed that race is central to algorithmic fairness. These people are insane. They're insane. And American K-12 schools, ladies and gentlemen, are introducing this as a teachable platform within classroom settings. It's only a matter of time before they allow it to be used among students to, again, write papers. And that, of course, is the double-edged sword because many of them, of course, don't want to deal with plagiarism. So they'll have professional development on avoiding plagiarism while using AI, but at the exact same time, they're still introducing AI to be used by copious amounts of people within classroom settings. It continues, it says, not surprisingly, the complaints that founded and bankrolled the partnership follow its recommendations. Microsoft, which is backing open AI websites, uh, blames white men for all AI being biased. And Meta, in context of AI, they said, our responsible AI team has developed and is continually improving our fairness flow, tools, and processes to help our ML engineers detect certain forms of potential statistical bias in certain types of AI models. According to Google's website, AI and the potential to worsen existing societal challenges such as unfair bias. Google also says that addressing fairness, equity, and inclusion in AI is an active area of research from fostering an inclusive workforce to assessing training data, data sets for potential sources of unfair bias. Google is committed to making progress in all of these areas. It wraps up and says, The woke don't sleep and never miss an opportunity to seize more power. It is vital that the American people are made aware of what is happening before it is too late, unquote. Your answer to this problem is becoming clearer by the second. It has to be. And again, it's the basis for this show. To, to highlight these things, to draw the clear path to what the problem is, and then the off-ramp permanent off-ramp to what the solution is. 
You have to leave these environments that are doing this. Google already, as a search engine, is an AI tool. It has been for quite some time. As you've heard me say, if you type in BitChute on Google, it will tell you it is a nationalist, white supremacist website. That is not true. It has its own dictionary, Google does. You type in words in Google's dictionary or you ask Google what, what's the definition of a particular word. They will tell you their definition, not the definition. And therein lies the problem. Not to mention what piece of technology is consistently used and adopted by American K-12 schools. Chromebooks. Those Chromebooks are not only data harvesting all of the school child's information, their name, their age, all of their, you know, anything that's really personal, but they're looking into what they're searching for because they're creating an online fingerprint of what the child is interested in, looks at, spends time on, so that they can then flood them with this kind of information online. And destroy their mind to the point where they actually believe that they have a choice in what they're looking at when in fact they don't. They are literally being controlled by the machine and they don't even know it. It's essentially Skynet from Terminator 2 just without all of the machine guns. That's basically it. It's Skynet without the explosions. It's the same kind of mind control though. It's the same exact kind of thing. In fact, I'll tell you what, I just received this from our excellent uh, educator in Louisiana, and they just sent me this. Can't make this up. And my intuition was correct, because there's no way that Georgia could be the only state that has a Freemasonic uh, chipping program. So does Tennessee. In fact, numerous states have them. Let me, uh, let me read this off to you. This website is tnchip.org. The Tennessee CHIP, the Tennessee Child Identification Program, same exact kind of thing, terrible looking website. They've got your, your Freemason brother, Laddie Wilson, a picture of his uh, satanic ass right at the bottom of the website, and it's absolutely disgusting. There are numerous states participating in this, if not all 50. And on their website, they show you all the different states that participate in this with a map. And it shows that there are a grand total of 282 total events taking place across the nation, so they say. So again, yeah, I know I'm bouncing around here a little bit, but this is a massive problem. I had no idea that, that this actually existed. It doesn't surprise me, of course, that Masons would participate in the, uh, the personal data mining of children because everybody else seems to be doing it uh, under the guise of safety. But it is not safe. Ladies and gentlemen, the safest place for a healthy-minded child with healthy-minded parents is within the home. It's the safest place for them. If they are starting to step outside of the home within these organizations, they are a part of the problem and they are going to be victimized by the problem. It can't get much clearer than that. I've got just a couple of education-related things here just to wrap up real quick and then just a couple of jab-related posts from some of the jabbed brainwashed, which of course continue to exist, and the virtue signaling regarding all of that. But 
you've heard me mention in the past, you know, the different uh, societal explanations and confrontations that I thought that that would exist, and I still think that they will exist. I, I really, I really believe this. I said this again way back in 2021, certainly in the latter half of 2021, how I believed that the jab injured within school buildings and within school districts would confront school board members during school board meetings about their jab injuries and how they know people and staff members who are injured from the shots. They've, at least they're awake enough to make the connections. And now they are uh, taking their frustrations and hatred out on school board members, and rightfully so, because these were the individuals that perpetuated all of this abuse and all of this medical tyranny. With all of that said, oddly enough, and it's taking a little longer than I thought, this has not happened yet. We just aren't seeing these kinds of videos on social media. We're not seeing them bouncing around, and very few, if any, exist. I brought up one particular example a while back. Uh, it was a younger blonde girl, and I think she was speaking at a city council meeting, and she was telling them about how she was injured from these shots and permanently injured with, I think, heart damage. She was telling them again that they had no business suggesting that people take it and whatever else. So. There was that video, but we're not seeing it take place within school board meetings yet. Just because it hasn't happened yet doesn't mean it's not going to happen. I still do think it will happen. Because, as I said earlier, more people are going to have to get hurt from all of this in order for more people to wake up because we're just not there yet. It's happening all over the place, and the walls are closing in regarding numerous individuals and numerous indi- you know families and whatever else. But it's just not uh it hasn't it hasn't reached that precipice yet i don't think but with that said there is something of course that is consistently taking place within school board meetings and it is a trend that i have noticed and it has to do with consistent arguments from parents and board members about finances and the amount of money that they have to spend and what they're spending their money on and where the money is going and where the cuts are taking place this is a trend in itself that's very telling and is not going to get better with time. This will continue to get worse the closer we make our way to every election season of the year in the month of December. More and more school levies are going to find their way onto the ballots. More and more of them will fail because less and less people want to pay higher taxes to promote these degenerate environments. It's that simple. So I've watched numerous school board meetings in the areas where I live. They're all basically saying the same kinds of things. It's people complaining about different cuts that are being made, where the money is going, why are they cutting this instead of this? Why are they uh, cutting talented and gifted programs that are academically um, emphasized, so to speak, instead of completely, you know, basically instead of making cuts to sports programs, at least that's the case where where I live. They're cutting the cost of sports programs and the amount of money that parents have to pay for sports programs, but they're also eliminating the talented and gifted academic stuff. So again, that should tell you where their priorities exist. They, They really don't exist in anybody learning the truth about anything. Not that they're taught the truth in talented and gifted classes, because we know that they're not. But at the exact same time, they're putting their emphasis in bread and circus nonsense because, well, let's face it, 
American K-12 schools are just a giant playground of degeneracy, and why not keep playing ball games? Because it's not really about learning and comprehension. So with that little rant aside, until someone shows up at a school board meeting and, and destroys all of them about how brainwashed they are regarding the abuses that have taken place over the last three years, how no one has apologized for being wrong about everything, and that they are directly responsible for advocating for children, families, and their own staff members and employees, for being jabbed multiple times with a biological weapon that is going to kill them. Until that speech happens, they're not really talking about the real problem. And no offense again to any of the individuals who are running for school board in the future, but if they're putting out particular memos or emails or notifications that they're running for school board and they're not saying what I just said as being their their sole reason for running and it needs to be the number one reason that they are running is the fact that these environments pushed a biological weapon on everyone that will cost them their life certainly their health and their DNA But if that's not the number one reason to run for a school board and that's not at the top of your list of priorities to address, then ladies and gentlemen, you're missing the mark as as a potential school board member. Again, there is a guy in the town where I live who is going to be running apparently for school board. He's uh, gathering signatures now in the surrounding area, but none of what I just said is on his list of priorities. He doesn't like the school board, which is great. He's never been in education, which is fine. He's against all of the school board members, which I like. But how brainwashed is the guy? Is he jabbed? Did he wear the mask? Did he advocate for these things? And then, of course, why is it not on his list of priorities? This is, you know, this is the problem going forward. So continue to pay attention, if you can, to the different conversations that are being had around school board members and within school board meetings and within the you know within your local areas whether you send your children there or not because it's what they're talking about and what they're not talking about that are going to give them away and we have a pretty good idea as to what they're what they're not discussing uh with all of that said here's a few uh here's a few virtue signal tweets and I've read these tweets before. A listener of the show sent uh, this particular website my way. This is from the uh, Patriots.win, if I'm not mistaken. But there's an individual again there who continues to compile these tweets in chronological order from these individuals, where they will literally go from making fun of people who are not taking the shots, bragging about taking the shots, and then the last post either has to do with them being remarkably ill or being dead. So here's here's one. This is from dark at darkness haze on Twitter. I believe it's Twitter. And uh yeah it is. And this was back on June 2nd of 2021. They tweeted out second vaccination on Friday, excited and nervous. They've got the Ukraine flag, the rainbow flag, the Finnish flag, it looks like, and another flag in their little icon or icon flag emoji things. And then they put out another tweet on January 14th of 2022, and they said, well, I must be one of those that are, but I'd rather be one of those than support an anti-vaxxer. 
And then their last tweet came on June 10th of 2023 this year, where they said, no matter how many times I say it in my head, I still can't believe it. I am still at the denial stage. I have an operation on Thursday, and then what they can't remove, I have to have both chemotherapy and radiotherapy a few weeks after. Hashtag fuck you cancer, hashtag cancer. You, you, you get the general gist of these tweets. I mean, they really are a case study in being completely removed from reality. I'm going to end with this one too. This is from an at Nanny Veg, N-A-N-N-Y-V-E-G. On July 8th of 2020, they put out a tweet that said the following, MAGA equals making it up as you go along. Your president is mentally ill and your country is a laughingstock across the globe. Regards, the rest of the world. And then they continued, this Carol person. And on, uh, let's see, April 8th of 2021, they tweeted out, how can anyone compare a vaccine to help in a pandemic with Mengele's atrocities? And, okay. And then on December 11th of that same year, they said, booster jab surprisingly knocked me for six. It's looking like We'll have to let Milo go soon and parent issues, but I'm a tough old boot. Thank you for asking. And then just six days after that, on December 17th of 2021, they said exactly the same. AstraZeneca for first two, bit off after first, okay after second, had Moderna for booster and felt like I had been hit by a truck. Felt rough for five days. All good now, though. And then July 7th of this year, they tweeted out, A shock lung cancer diagnosis. Don't smoke. They said, they said that they don't smoke. Followed by surgery five weeks ago. Just got the all clear from Papworth. No spread, no further treatment. If cancer thought... That was going to be my last season watching at Spurs official or at whatever FC soccer teams. It picked the wrong person. Smiley face emoji. They don't have a clue. They're alive after surgery, uh, cancer diagnosis, and numerous other health problems. But uh, yeah. There you go. Three years after taking their first jab, or two years, I should say, after taking their first jab, almost three, they've had cancer, surgery, and they still aren't connecting the dots. They still haven't figured it out. I'm just not sure you can fix that level of brainwashing. I really, I really don't think you can fix it. And that right there could be the problem. That right there could, of course, be the direct result as to why we aren't seeing people screaming at the top of their lungs at school board members as to what they've done. Because the people who would do the screaming aren't awake yet, and the school board members themselves, of course, are never going to admit fault for pushing this on people, let alone city councils and endless employers and the whole thing. They all went along with it 
They're all struggling for employees, and they can't for the life of them figure out why. It's absolutely astounding. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Have a great weekend, and I will catch you on Monday. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.